Good morning and welcome to the Pitch Towards Holiness podcast. I'm Mike Kidwell. And I'm Michael Kidwell. And we'd just like to welcome you back. Um, hope you had a Merry Christmas and um, we're here on New Year's Eve. I hope that you have some great New Year's plans and um, I just pray that everybody is um, ready to to start off 2023 with a bang. Um, no pun intended. I just really... Michael, in thinking that um, this could be a year that really we all grow closer to God and really um, try to be set apart and be holier people each and every day than we were in 2022. So um, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm looking forward to this coming up year and what God has for us. Um, we haven't done a podcast in a couple weeks because um, we had, man, we had probably the busiest December that we've ever had. Um, yeah. we, we had Michael got married on the 17th. We had a Christmas play the day after. We had Christmas Eve and Christmas uh, Day services. And um, we, we had uh, stuff that we were involved in with the community and things that we were doing in the children's ministry. And all that um, is, is just to say that we were very blessed in December um, with a lot of opportunities to to be with each other and to to be with the people of God, and that's why we haven't done a podcast in December. Um, but we plan on getting back into track now. Um, we'll be recording hopefully every Saturday morning and pub- publishing it Sundays or Mondays, so um, y- you can listen and participate in um, striving to be a set apart man of God like we are. Mm-hmm. So, so, Michael, what are some things that you're looking forward to in 2023 now that you're newly married? Um, well, I mean, I guess now it's starting to um, adjust to being married. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, because now she's living with me full time and um She's brought all of her stuff and has moved a lot of my stuff and it's just adjusting and yeah. change. I'm not I'm not good with change, but change can be good. Yeah. Well, and it's gonna be um a, a growth in, in both of your uh sacrificial living and, and really that's a good thing because that's what Christ um envisions for each one of us to to do is to live as a sacrifice holy and acceptable to him. So what better way to um, indoctrinate that idea than with a marriage? So, right. Um, we, I, I just pray that we, God would continue to bless you guys mm-hmm. and um, that y'all would draw, draw closer to Him and then in doing that, draw closer together. Right. Well, today we're going to be talking about something a little bit different. We're going to be talking about the home run and um, how a lot of times the home run will get robbed. Uh, there's been some robberies of home runs um, all throughout baseball history. And, you know, the, the home run ball is a lot of fun to watch when you're watching a baseball right, game, right. watching the ball fly out of the field. But then the ones that just are on their way, but you don't know if they're going to make it or not, and then someone jumps up or scales a wall and robs a home run um, can bring a lot of disappointment. So, Michael... Speak with us for a few minutes about some of the um, more popular or, or whatever stolen home runs. Yeah, yeah. So um, just to give you a little context, 
a home run happens um, for a team probably once every two or three games. But a home run robbery happens once every 29 games or so. Mm. So the... Um, so it doesn't happen very often. No, not not very often. And it takes some of the best outfielders to do what they do. And I mean, because some of the walls in major leagues are eight feet and higher. Mm-hmm. Or... Um, there's, I don't think there's anything lower than an eight-foot wall. No, well... Oh no, Yankee Stadium's wall yeah, is pretty, pretty, and then the right field and Fenway is pretty low too. Yeah, but, but it, it takes an athlete to be able to go up there and get that that home run ball and steal right. it. And so, I mean, there's there's always been some like really famous ones. Like, hold on, let me pull it up. So let's see here. Like, um, so for those of you that don't know the um Shane Victorino mm-hmm. when he first started playing um I believe it was for the Red Sox is the first team he started playing for when he started he got the nickname the flying the flying Hawaiian because of how good he was at robbing home runs he was given a nickname based solely on robbing home runs <laughs> and so one of the most notable ones for me is um, Bo Jackson when he's playing for the Royals. Oh, yeah. And you see him running, and the ball's flying, and then all of a sudden he jumps, scales the wall, catches it, and then keeps running on the wall, and then jumps down and throws the ball back. But, he I mean... Used his momentum. Yeah. As he was running on the wall to get some velocity on the ball as he was throwing it. I don't think there's ever been anything like that, um, quite like that before or after. So the average, um, the average height that a player has to get up to to rob a home run is anywhere from ten to twenty feet. Wow, that's so, getting up there. Yeah. So not only are they scaling the wall, but some of them are just jumping. Like Kyle Tucker robbing that home run this postseason, um, that was potentially a game game saver. For he kind of jumped flat footed too. Yeah, he just straight up like f- good four and a half foot vertical. I mean, so you got to have some really strong legs yeah. to be able to rob some home runs. Because I mean the um. The probability of robbing a home run is anywhere from 7.2% to 8.3. Wow. So whenever you hear the announcer go, that's a five-star play, it's based on the probability. how often yeah. a, a normal human being would catch it. Because, yeah. I mean, some of these guys are already six-plus feet. Yeah. And so they're already almost as tall as the wall. So, I mean, they just jump a couple of feet and then they're up there. But, I mean, some of these guys are barely cracking six foot. Mm-hmm. And so they're already running backwards. And so not just to use their momentum to run backwards, but to then jump and even sometimes leap into the crowd to catch the ball. Mm-hmm. It's just outstanding. And then just 
to the emotion behind it is awesome too. Because mm-hmm. I mean, not only are you potentially saving one run for your team, it could possibly be more if there's runners on bases. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've I've never personally um, been robbed of a home run or um, robbed anybody of a home run. Yeah, no, I don't play um, the outfield either. So <laughs> I would I wouldn't. I played the outfield when I was in Little League, but um, I didn't play it very well, and um, I never was a person that would rob anybody of anything um, when, I, when I was in Little League. So, yeah, it is a, a very um, fun play to watch. You know, you can watch a ball fly off, off a bat, and you think it's gone, and then all of a sudden, boom, um, someone robs the home yeah, run. Yeah, just snatches it out of the to, air. To see the disappointment on a batter's face, um, it's just something – those major league batters think they have one thing, and then all of a sudden they realize, oh, it's been stolen. Um, and, and it's not just with home runs. You can see that happen with base hits when someone dives and makes a very elite catch. Or, mm-hmm. um, you know, you think you have a double and you get thrown out at second. or <laughs> You know, all, all these all these opportunities, I know that's happened to you a bunch of times. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's even happened to me I, very rarely these days stretch anything to a double um but all in all um the, the reason why we brought this up is because you know the devil he's he comes to kill to steal and destroy we all know mm-hmm. that but the one thing michael that he really wants us to um forget that we have is the most powerful thing that we have and that's our identity in christ and, and you know we mm-hmm. come along and um, we accept Jesus in our heart, and that's like hitting a home run. You know, right. you, you have that joy, you have that jubilation, you have that fire, you have that passion. And the devil, when, when he sees um, you accept the Lord, when he sees a new Christian or somebody that's in um, a new walk with, with the Lord, when he sees that, the first thing that he wants to do is rob it. Um, he wants to take it from them. And he wants them to um, forget what they even had. Um, and and he, he'd love to take it before they even got it. Um, um, he would love to deceive as many people as he could and, and keep them from reaching salvation. But a lot of times what happens is, you know, we, we hit this home run called salvation. You know, we, we, we hit it off the bat and it's great and it, it feels really good. And then you know, we're trying to live out a life for God. And and every day that we, we try to strive for holiness in God, it it's like we we hit the ball really hard and it's like hitting a home run. But when we're walking with God, the devil wants to send temptation away. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he wants to do it. And the, the only reason that he wants to do it is so we forget who we are. Right. Um, and I want to read to you in Matthew. Um, Matthew 4, everybody's probably heard this one, but it's um, it has a two-letter word that is very important that we understand today because that's just like a, a home run being stolen. The devil wants to steal something from you. So let me just read in Matthew 4, verse 1. It says, afterward, um, I'm reading out of the, the um, Passion Translation. It says, afterward, the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness um, to experience the ordeal of testing by the accuser. Okay, so afterwards, is um, he had just gone 
into the Jordan River and baptized by John the Baptist. Right. And um, the heavens opened, and God was pleased, um, and a dove came down and, and, and sat upon his head. That was the um, portrayal of the Holy, him receiving the power of the Holy Spirit. So you have um, the heavens opening, the Holy Spirit coming down, and God being very well pleased. And then after that, he's been led into the um, wilderness. Who did who led him into the wilderness? Hmm? Who led him into the wilderness? Uh, the Lord did. Yes, the Holy, did. the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness in verse 2. It, and after fasting for 40 days, I don't know about you, but um, I've tried to fast before, and um, 40 minutes is pretty hard, and then um, four hours is even harder. Um, I couldn't even imagine fasting 40 days. Yeah, and and I've talked to a lot of people about fasting because I've always wanted to try it. Um, and they're like, oh, well, it's just mind over matter. And mm-hmm. then you, you start and you're like, oh, well, my stomach's growling. Yeah. I'm hungry. Well, first you have to position yourself in, in what you're fasting for. And the right. only reason to be fasting is to draw closer to God. So if you are fasting from any particular thing, that, that thing that you're fasting from needs to be replaced by time in the presence of the Lord. Mm-hmm. So verse 2, and after fasting for 40 days, Jesus was extremely hungry. Then the devil came and said, if you are the son of God, you should turn these rocks into stones. And the Lord said to him in verse 4, the scripture says bread alone will not satisfy, but true life is found in every word that constantly goes forth from God's mouth. And so the first thing that he says is if you are the son of God, you'll turn this bread into stones. So he's asking him to use his power for personal gain. And then the second thing, Verse 5, then the accuser transported Jesus to the holy city of Jerusalem and perched him at the highest point of the temple, probably about 450 feet in the air, and said to him, if you are really God's son, jump and the angels will catch you. For it is written in the scripture, he will command his angels to protect you and they will lift you up so that you won't even bruise your foot on a rock. Once again, Jesus said to him, the scripture says, you must never put the Lord your God to test. So now he's asking him to just perform a miraculous deed and, and, and ask the angels to come down and protect him um, for, for what? So, so his power can be on display for, again, personal gain. Verse 8, and the third time the accuser lifted Jesus up onto a very high mountain range and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and all the splendor that goes with it. All of these kingdoms, the devil said, I will give to you if only you will kneel down before me and worship me. But Jesus said, go away, Satan, for the scripture says, kneel before the Lord your God and worship him only. Mm-hmm. At once the devil left him and the angels suddenly gathered around Jesus to minister to his needs. So if, if you look at that, um, the devil's trying to give him, um, he's trying to give him the crown without the cross. Right. He's offering him to be king of the world, all the kingdoms that he could see. He was offering them to him without any suffering, without any pain. And 
Jesus said, no, um, th this, this is not going to be so. Go away from me, Satan, for the scripture says, kneel before the Lord your God and worship him only. So he was trying to take his worship, his adoration for God away and point it towards him, um, himself, the devil. So he was offering Jesus to be a devil worshiper, basically. Right. And um, if you look at this right here, um, the two-letter word that I was talking about is if. He says, if you're the son of God, if you are the son of God, if you will um, only kneel down before me. And all of those if statements were questioning his sonship right? and questioning his identity. He was trying to rob from him the one thing that he had that the devil could never gain, and that's sonship with God mm -hmm. and being called a child of God. And that's the same thing that the devil wants to do with us. When we come to Christ and we have salvation and we're growing in the Lord in our daily lives, he's going to come with temptations. Now, a lot of times the Holy Spirit will set up those, those times in the wilderness, not so um, we can fail a test, but so our faith, can, our faith can grow and that we can realize the power that we have within us. Mm -hmm because we are sons of God. So a lot of times we spend time in the wilderness. Again, the wilderness where Jesus was, he wasn't put there by the devil. He was put there by the Holy Spirit. For what? So, so he could show the devil that you know he wasn't going to bow down to him. He wasn't going to do anything but live a life of humility, and that he was willing to suffer the ultimate price going to the cross for that crown and to be king. Mm -hmm. crown the king of kings and lord of lords so you know I, I don't know about you but as as older as i get older i realize that the devil's not going to quit coming at me right he's going to just keep throwing things at me yeah and a lot of times you know some of the highest highs that i have you know we'll we'll have a ministry opportunity and a lot of people will come to know the lord and it just seems like a high high and then a lot of times Right after those those experiences where the Lord has moved in a mighty way, the devil will come with some temptation and try to rob that right. from you, just like a home run has been robbed. And he'll try to rob it from you, that, that victory and that, that joy and that jubilation that you feel because um, it, you, you were used by God in, in an amazing way, whether it be through an outreach or, or whatever. He tries to rob that with that temptation. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times what, what happens is we forget who we are. We forget that we're sons and daughters of the, the one true king. And we forget that we are heirs to the kingdom of God. And we forget that the power is in the scripture, and the, the scripture has the power to put the enemy on the run. And when we forget those things because he brings a temptation and, and we, we're kind of physically drained or spiritually drained um, because we, we've just had this high, high, um, and we're susceptible to um, the, the enemy's temptation and falling to it, what happens is we fall to that temptation because for a brief moment, we forget what the Scripture says about us. Mm -hmm. The Scripture says that, that, that we are the sons and daughters of God, and that if we are sons and daughters of God, that we have the power over the enemy. And so I, I just wanted to, for us to look at this new year, this tw this year of 2023 that's coming in just a few hours of 
how the enemy's going to attack us. Mm-hmm. He's he's gonna he's not very creative. He's been attacking the same way for years and years. But what are some of the temptations that you're susceptible to? What are some of the things that he's trying to steal from you? Um, is God using you in um, building a family? Is God using you in a ministry at church? Um, is God using you to minister the gospel at your workplace? Um, wherever God is using you, the devil's going to try to steal that from you. Yeah, and he's going to try to steal it um, from you by sending a temptation, a test that um, you you potentially could pass or fail. Mm-hmm. And so each morning, we need to dedicate ourselves to spending time with in the presence of the Lord. When we spend time in the presence of the Lord, in um, worship, in prayer, and in reading God's Word, really studying God's Word, we're less susceptible of forgetting who we are. Right. A lot of times, Michael, what, what will happen is we'll forget who we are because we, we haven't been with that person in a while. Mm-hmm. You know, you just got married. Right. Um, you've, you haven't even been married a month yet. But if, if you went and um, spent an extended amount of time away from your wife, Brittany, um, you know, say three, four months, you didn't see her at all. You, mm-hmm. you didn't talk to her. You didn't spend any time with her. Um, it, it wouldn't take very long for you to, to kind of forget you're married. Yeah. Um, and that's what happens with our relationship with the Lord. Um, as days goes on, no matter how busy we get, if we don't spend time with him, we'll forget who we are in him. We'll forget mm-hmm. that we're sons of God. And when we forget that, then when temptation comes, whether it be through suffering in the wilderness or um, you know, just an everyday temptation, we're probably going to fall to that temptation because... Um, you can make up your mind that you don't want to sin, but your mind and your physical will is not good enough. You need the power of the Lord. You need the Holy Spirit to help you say no to the devil's temptations. And right. that only happens by spending time in the presence of the Lord each day, not every other day, not five minutes here, five minutes there. I mean, we we really need to quit just messing around with our our walk with, with God and expecting you know, to be able to use the the power of God without the process, that mm-hmm. process of daily sanctification um, is what everybody's wanting to skip. They want the power of God. They want to they want to um, see people healed. They want to see people um, come, come to know the Lord and, and they want to help in that. And they want to see their um, checkbooks be blessed and they want to see their marriages be blessed and their relationships be blessed. But they don't want to do any of the process. Right. They want just all the blessing and the power that the Lord has, and that doesn't happen. You see, through the process of enduring temptations, Jesus, he encountered everything that we would ever encounter in that in that period of time with the devil. And he was able to endure those temptations because he knew the power of the word, and he knew the process that he was going to have to go through to become the king of kings and lord of lords. He mm-hmm. knew that his kingship was going to be born on a cross, not in in a wilderness where the devil was going to try to give him some superficial things that weren't going to last forever. Right. Weren't going to last for eternity. Right. And so um we we hope that 
what we said today really hits hard because um, the world nowadays wants to tell you who you are. And they want you to find their identity in the world. Mm -hmm. But you sh if you read your Bible, you already know who you are. Yeah. I mean, you're not gonna you're not gonna stick around and um and be a Christian, a true Christian, a follower of Jesus, um, and, and have your identity all messed up and think that you are something that you're not supposed to be. Mm -hmm. If um you know God created you one way, that's the way you are. Yeah, that that's the way He intended you to be. You're a perfect work of art that He created. And to to accept anything else is to say that you're unsatisfied with his perfect creation. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times what will happen, Michael, is we accept those things. And, man, it's happening in just warp speed right now all over the world. We, we accept those um, temporary identities that the world wants to, to give us because we don't understand our sonship or um, our, our daughtership through the kingdom of God. Right. And we don't understand that because we don't know God. A lot of people go to church. They know scripture. They memorize the word, but they don't know Jesus. They don't spend time with him. That That's that's not going to cut it. In 2023 or any other year um, moving forward, we're, we're going to have to get real with ourselves and say, you know what? If we're really about desiring to be a holy person, a set-apart person, usable for the kingdom of God, for the building up of the kingdom of God. If we're, if that's who we are, if that's really what we want to do, then we need to quit screwing around um, with, with our, with our Christianity and quit mm -hmm. trying to just get Christianity based on our feelings. You know, if, if I want to, to um, wake up and, and spend time in the presence of the Lord, right, I will, right. you know, so sometimes you have to fight through some things that physically you don't want to do because the, 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 um, Reward is so much greater than than what you you could be giving up, right? Because I mean, this morning I woke up with um, a horrible headache, feeling like I had to throw up, and I before I even did anything, I was like, okay, well, I feel like I just feel like mess, and then I was like, you know what? If I don't do my devotion, then nothing's gonna get better, and so I I took some time before I did anything and I was like, all right, I'm I'm not gonna punch this out. I'm gonna take my time. I'm gonna go through this and see what God has for me today. And I I, f I felt like um he he gave me one word for next year. And it's it's um well I read I wrote it down. I hate when that happens. <laughs> yeah, you're not even old enough to to forget things like that, but you just I hate do. when that happens. But while man. you're while while you're thinking of that one thing that God put on your heart, I want to address one more thing before um, our times out today. And you know, if you look at Jesus's encounter with the devil, the devil used the if word, the satanic if, um, to question his sonship. But then Jesus combated that with it is written every one of the times he said it is written you know if you're waiting for a blessing financially if you're waiting for god to do something in a relationship if you're if you're waiting for god to do something at your workplace if if you're waiting um on god to to heal you 
um, you can know this, that the Word of God has been written on your behalf. You're not waiting on the miracle. It's there. It's attainable. It is written. It's not, it doesn't need to be written. Um, we're not waiting on anything. Um, it, it is written. So that, that's the one thing that really stuck out to me when I was reading this passage is Jesus proclaimed to the devil that it had already been done. It had already been set in motion. It had mm-hmm. already been set in place. You may not have your healing yet, but it is written in Isaiah 53 that he has borne our griefs and, and carried our sorrows, that by his stripes we are healed. And um, if you believe the word of God has power over your infirmities, then start standing on that scripture. If, if you believe that the power of God, um, the power of scripture has the power to change your financial well-being, then, then start standing on um, Matthew 6, 33, where it says that, um, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and, and, and all his righteousness, and, and all these things will be added unto you. And it's not just about wealth, but it's about seeking first the kingdom of God. If you're doing that, then start standing on the word of God and the power of the word of God and know that it is written on your behalf. You're not waiting on something to be written. It has already been written. You already have the victory. It just may not be there yet. So you need to stand in faith that God is going to do what he says he's going to do. Yeah, and so I, I remember now. So um, it's actually two. It was rest and patience. Um, I feel like 2022 went by in a snap. It, mm-hmm. it felt like we were just celebrating New Year's, mm-hmm. and then the next time I wake up, and I'm getting married. Mm-hmm. And so um, at, as soon as we get married, there's always people that are like, oh, well, when are you going to start having kids now? <laughs> and um, I had I had been praying about that this morning, and I just heard the Lord say, have patience. Mm-hmm. Take some time to rest. You've, you've been high strung and go, go, go. Mm-hmm. Rest. And have patience. And it's such a biblical thing because you look at what what God did, and he created the whole world in six days, and on the seventh day he rested. Right. And, you know, what did he rest for? Was he tired? No. No, he wasn't tired. God doesn't get tired. He's, he's not restrained by time like we are. God rested to, to admire his work. Right. And a lot of times we think rest is physical naps. Um, it, it is not that rest in the Lord is taking time to spend time in his presence and really start reflecting on the things that he has done in your life. Mm -hmm. Look at the perfect things that he has done. He's worked out through the course of your life in Christ and um, really start just resting in that. And when you do that, it builds up your faith and you start realizing that, you know, you're better off than, than you were. And um, you're not where you're, you want to be, but you're definitely not where you were. And right. um, God's working on your behalf. It's really important. You know, Michael, I know that you know that um, when I spend time in prayer, a lot of times I write my prayers down. I have a mm-hmm. prayer journal. And um, I only say that because it is important for us to go back and reflect on the prayers that God's answered. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, sometimes we forget um, or not so much forget. Sometimes we, we lose faith and we lose heart because we forget the things that we've prayed for that he's answered. Right. He's answering prayers every day, but we pray for things and we forget that we even prayed for them. 
And um, a lot of times it is just a, a builder of faith, a builder of hope and an encouragement to go back and look, you know, 30 days, 60 days back at some of the prayers that he's answered. Yeah, sometimes um, years too. Yeah, yeah. So I like to do that about once a month. I go through and I look at what I've prayed for for that month. And and um, again, I've, I forget a lot of things that I prayed about, interceded for, and I see that God's been working on my behalf the whole time. Um, mm. And it's just, man, it charges me up, gets me excited and makes me want to, um, you know, go out and, and fight some more for the kingdom of God. So the, the devil's going to try to steal your victory. He's yeah. going to try to rob your home run. Mm-hmm. And the only way he's going to be successful at doing that is sending temptations your way that you accept. Right. Any temptation that he has sent to you, Jesus has experienced. And um, any temptation that Jesus experienced, he had the victory over. And if he did it, we can do it too. Mm-hmm. And um, so, so you don't have to get all down in the dumps if he tries to steal something from you because he can't take it unless you give it to him. Right. It's not like a home run where an outfielder goes up and, and, and snatches it out of the air. The devil can't do that. Mm-hmm. He can only take what you're willing to give him. So my question to you is, what are you willing to give him in mm. 2023? I'm not willing to give him anything. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to grow in Christ and, and move forward in the, in the things that God has for me and my family and everybody around me, and I'm not willing to give him any space, anything, um, that doesn't mean I'm going to be perfect, but I'm just not willing to give him anything that he's trying to steal from me. Right. Um, and so with that, we're going to pray and close. We did go a little long, but, I mean, we haven't done one in a while. We had a lot to talk yeah, you gotta about. got to make up for lost time sometimes. <laughs> so, Lord God, we just thank you for this day. Lord God, we just thank you for what you're going to do in 2023. Lord God, I just pray for everybody that's listening, Lord God, that you would give them blessings. Lord God, that you would just be with them next year. Lord God, I just pray for everything you're going to do next year, Lord God, and I just pray that you would prepare us now for all the trials, for all the hardship, for anything you're going to put us through next year, Lord God, that we would be able to face it and come out better on the other side. Lord God, I just thank you again. And with that, This is a Pitch Towards Holiness podcast. I'm Michael Kidwell. And I'm Mike Kidwell. See y'all next year.